This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shot First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week we're talking about The Abyss. Sure are. Yeah. Uh, This movie was directed by James Cameron. Written by James Cameron. And not James T. Kirk. (laughs) Oh, came out in 1989. I forgot to say that. Uh, Starring Ed Harris, Mary Elizabeth... Mastriano. She's in two of our last <laughs> five movies. <laughs> Midbarian. Yeah. Uh, that name is hard to say. Mastrotonio. Mast- Mastrotonio. Giglio. Mastrotonio. Michael Behan. Or Bean. Uh, Leo Burmester. Todd Graff. Blah, a bunch of other people. Captain Kid Brewer Jr. <laughs> Dick Warlock. <laughs> Good old um, Dick. Dick W. <laughs> Good old D-Dub. All right. Uh, this was Alex's nomination. I, we'd already forgot. I was going to say it's mine, but it's Alex's. Alex. <laughs> yeah. What's, what's your history with this movie? Um, I only saw it once before, and I put it on my list because I remember it kind of being interesting, had some cool tech, and I hadn't seen it in, like, I don't know, 15, 20 years, maybe? Mm-hmm. I had only seen this movie once before, so... I thought, eh, what the heck? <laughs> All right. Um, I did not see this in the movie theater, but I own the DVD, and I've, I've watched this movie a bunch. I probably, I don't know, 10, 15 times. I really like it. But this is the first time I watched it in a while, and there were some maybe slightly different opinion <laughs> changing on this. But as James Cameron always does, pretty good movie. Might be one of the weaker of his films, but still pretty good. Yeah. Scott. Uh, I think I saw this in the theater as a kid, um, but definitely at some point on after that on cable and VHS when I was able to appreciate it more. And then the documentary at your place, Jeff. Yeah, which I think I've mentioned before. The documentary on this movie is like my probably my favorite behind the Lord of the Rings ones. Um, loved it, behind the scenes stuff and all the stuff that happened while making this movie. All right, well, let's get into it. Uh, as usual, each of us are going to talk about seven items from the movie. Alex, why don't you lead us off? What's your number seven? Uh, this movie's way too long. We saw the special edition director's cut, and yeah, it could have used a little trimming. Well, it was the director's cut. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. the theatrical. I know. <laughs> I'm still saying. <laughs> Cameron could have cut out a little a couple things <laughs> he did. There. He did. That's the point. <laughs> or no, did. I don't think he did. <laughs> oh, Isn't that why they come out with director's cuts? Because the studio makes cuts and there's like, no, no, no. This is my original vision. Sometimes. Sometimes stuff's cut for good reason. Well, I so I did watch the documentary again <laughs> as part of this. And they said, like, back when this came out, any movie over two hours and 20 minutes was basically bad so so i think the longer version is jim cameron's vision but production notes and all that stuff is why they did trim it but 
I personally, this was on HBO, so I watched it on HBO. And I only got to watch the regular version because, yeah, the bonus stuff is not the best in this movie or the extra scenes. But it makes this movie make more sense. I'll give it that much. Okay. So I don't know if you haven't, if you only saw it one other time, you may not remember all the stuff that's left out. And I think it helps make the movie a little more clean as far as storylines. You know, I think I think that's. I see. Okay. Think about the the director's cuts. It's always interesting when they they have these full scenes explaining things, but then sometimes it's actually better when you can just infer what was going on. Yeah, yeah, but there's nothing to infer. Yeah, yeah, no, in this, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> Do you want to just talk about it now? I don't know if anyone else has it in their list. Nah, I don't. So all the stuff with the big waves and like the the underwater aliens, like threatening man none of that is in the movie in the original movie it's just like a suspense movie and then all of a sudden little aliens show up and then they save them and they bring them to the surface right but in the, the director's cut it's all this leading up to why they're mad at us they're gonna they're trying they're gonna you know they're making their presence known they're gonna wipe out man and none of that is in the in the theatrical cut i i like the theatrical cut better <laughs> but it, see, it, but it makes more sense at least in the long version. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure it all ties together a little bit better. Yeah, like Ed Harris just like, yeah. Anyway, he just oh, he's down there. They save him, and they're like, "Why did you do this?" And then he's like, "Oh, because you said you love her." <laughs> and then they come to the surface, and no one. Well, the yeah. sacrifice too. Yeah, he had but to I'm go just. Down there. But you don't know what was happening the whole time on the surface. Like that, none of that stuff is ever mentioned. <laughs> Jokes on him. The aliens probably disarmed the bomb before he even got there. Yeah, I know. They probably just could've. left the timer on as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, I'll go next, and uh, this is basically my number seven. Is the one of the things I don't like is this movie takes a hard left turn for me. It's. She has the one encounter at one point, and then, but like this movie is a super suspenseful movie. It's right, it's a submarine movie, and Michael Bean's gone fucking bananas, and there's nukes and everything. And then the last twenty minutes is him falling down to the bottom, and aliens taking him. There's a whole underwater city, and the giant freaking Poseidon's planet or underground sea just comes up and lifts all the boats. It's just, it is so weird. So. Yeah. I like it. I mean, I like the fact, and that gets why I like the director's cut better. I just didn't have the time to, to watch it. Um, so yeah, the, the hard turn this movie makes. Like we mentioned, what movie did we say like it didn't know what it wanted to be? Like sometimes it was trying to be funny, and this one it doesn't really know if it was a suspense movie or like a sci-fi fantasy movie. I thought and it's a little weird. But anyway, that's my number seven, Scott. Uh, so. One of the kind of, it, in retrospect, <laughs> it might be the worst scene in the movie, but uh, basically slapping somebody back to life. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure when they're on, at him too. When, when they were on set and everything, and you know, a few takes, it was you know everybody was feeling it, and James Cameron was looking at the dailies and going, yeah, yeah, that's it, that's it. But now, <laughs> it just looks like a man beating a woman for no reason. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I, I guess, I mean, Ed Harris does a great job selling the, the emotion there, but I, I don't know. <laughs> it, it's hard to take that scene seriously. 
and it's it's yeah. supposed to be the one of the more dramatic scenes in the entire movie, if not the most. Yeah, I just I think it's a really good the whole lead up to that everything is cool, but yeah, just a little bit yelling and slapping is kind of weird. And Scott from the from the documentary, she got mad and just left during that scene because Cameron kept doing it over and over. Yeah, and over yeah, yes, yeah, so everybody was like raw. Probably when you finally got the take. Yeah, the and she got pissed and just like left, and they, they had like shut down production for the day because she was so mad of what abuse that she was taking, and she you know she doesn't have her shirt on and just laying right. there on the cold floor and everything. Yeah, so. Yeesh. I think I saw that scene in a South Park, which is why I couldn't <laughs> take it seriously. I was like, this seems like it's from South Park. I think it was Cartman slapping Kyle for whatever reason to keep him alive. I don't remember. I don't remember either. Well, I'm pretty sure it happened. <laughs> I, I believe you. All right. Uh, Alex, number six. Number six, that's stupid. But <laughs> I forget the actor's name, but <laughs> in something about Mary, he played Dom Woganowski. Woogie. <laughs> What's his name, Scott? Uh, oh, Chris. Um, Elliot. Elliot, yes. Yeah, Chris Elliot. Thank you. I just laugh. I'm like, holy shit, it's Chris Elliott. Or it's Woogie. <laughs> He's so young in this, too. Stand yeah, I know. in the place where you live. Oh, yeah. Get a life, Scott. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> it was just dumb. And then I cheered when he was back at the end. <laughs> Alex, you latch onto the weirdest shit when we're watching yeah, these I know! <laughs> Good old Woogie. He has one of like the worst. I don't know if it's a bad line or delivery, but oh look who it is! It's Queen Bitch of the Universe. <laughs> uh. Yep, it's it's funny because uh, as an honorable mention, uh, there, there's a there's a couple scenes where the, where the writing is really good, where they they sound really like normal people, and then you get that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean the dialogue, anyways, as far as the writing is concerned. All right, um, on to my number six. It's this this stupid rat thing. I don't know what's up. I mean, I know they needed it for that one scene, which I'll more to talk about later. But just the, always having the rat. Everyone has it on their shoulders. He puts it in the plastic bag. I was kind of over the rat. And I, it's just that quirky thing. There has to be the quirky guy with the something quirky about him, and he's got a little rat. And... Yeah, his name is Hippie, and he listens to nineties reggae. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's nineteen eighty nine. Very futuristic. Um, Minnie, I wonder how it. Go ahead. You're watching it now. It's like okay. I wonder if this is going to play an important part later in the movie. Right. Yeah, they, they spend a little much, a little too much time setting that all up. And how come that that rat wasn't wearing a wetsuit? How come it didn't freeze to death down there? Yeah. yeah. It's nobody slapped. Well, there's there's another uh, edit. Seen they cut out of the director's cut even where they slap the the rat awake. <laughs> <laughs> Ed Harris is like flicking it in yeah. the chest. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, Scott, number six. <laughs> Don't you die me, you rat fuck. <laughs> you rat fuck. <laughs> um, uh-huh. <laughs> number six is CGI water. <laughs> so at the time, thinking, wow, that looks awesome. And I think now it holds up more than anything else 
just as a precursor to the the things James Cameron was doing in Terminator Two. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. In a way, it's it's really quite brilliant because CGI is still so much in its infancy as far as you know getting into movies like this. Um, 3D images. Uh, they use water. <laughs> so yeah. like the thing that would work the most for the stuff that they wanted to get done. Yeah, it's like why Terminator 2 is liquid metal. Exactly, exactly. Same yeah. reason. <laughs> like, yes, Cameron was really smart to kind of keep it within the medium as much as he could. Uh, so, yeah, it's just, it's still it's still kind of impressive. Uh, um, and, the, you know, a lot of much into the scores, like the, the Howard Shore, uh, that, the music in those scenes when you, when you do meet the aliens as kind of an uplifting sort of uh, contrast to, to the rest of the suspense in the movie. But, yeah, I agree. And like, yeah, I've always known that this, that CGI was one of the very first, like, I think there's like the young Sherlock Holmes or something like that. And then yeah. The, I had the stained glass yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, you could tell it's dated, but it still holds considering it holds up. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was I was impressed, especially when they were doing the facial stuff when it would mimic her and him. I thought it looked pretty good. All right, uh, Scott number five. I just did my number six. My number five. Sorry, Alex number five is. <laughs> uh, Jeff, you mentioned the hard turn. This movie took a hard turn for me when the water uh, probe came up and then all of a sudden the music changed and everybody was smiling and having fun it almost felt like an like a Spielberg like an ET movie yeah so i thought that was i thought that was odd in that in that like that little section and then that kind of never came back and it was just like eh, it's really bizarre i mean it helped to highlight the like the vfx and the importance of making like quote unquote first contact with the probe and whatnot and then Michael Bean just shuts it down. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was weird. I don't know if I liked it or not, but yeah, I guess I did. Kind of. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah it, it's weird. Mm-hmm. But you like it, right? I think, I think that's the thing. It's weird, I think but, so. Yeah. I'm the same way. I think it's weird, but it's it could have been done better. So so here's, here's a, something interesting. The, the poster for this movie, that's a really cool poster where it's just the the title mm-hmm. the abyss and I think it's like the bottom of like one of the like the Y or one of the, that yeah the Y goes really deep yeah it goes really deep and mm-hmm. if you were to like if you did not know anything about the movie and you looked at it like the the genre you would think of is oh this is a horror movie yeah so you know I wonder if you know what kind of what audiences were expecting when they when they went in initially when the first like almost hour or whatever long it is there's really just it's just kind of more of like a political kind of disaster thriller going on yeah especially it's like from the director of terminator and aliens yeah that's true. <laughs> right yeah. you would yeah um all right uh my number five the liquid breathing so i didn't like the stupid rat thing but i you know that's one of the the reasons you have it around and that whole liquid breathing thing is it's pretty cool i think it's one of the things that fascinated me most about this i looked it up to see if mm-hmm. it was real and it kind of is in a way and then how they mm-hmm. use it with 
Ed Harris later. I thought that was really cool. The only thing that would bug me is like, okay, you've introduced that you can't have any, that you have to do this because you can't have any air in your lungs. They'll compress. But the whole time he's getting into the pool with the liquid, he has a big air bubble on the top of his helmet. When he's getting <laughs> in and everything. Yeah, there, uh, there's a plot hole. <laughs> and I was just like, God damn it, you can make that a little better. But um, you should you should uh, write a letter to James Cameron. <laughs> hey, what's with the bubble? Yeah, so. My bubble is no fucking bubble. <laughs> yes! Harris. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I thought the liquid breathing with the rat, and I guess, I mean, it was. I was 100% a real rat breathing that stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I guess they got in trouble. <laughs> Go figure. I mean, I mean, <laughs> no, I mean in, they had to kill, like, a, they had to kill like 14 rats before they got one that lived. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was completely safe because it does, you know, it longer exposure to that type of stuff, of course, harms the lungs. But if they do it just, you know, for a couple tests, the rat was fine. But I guess I did research in this, too, because I was, of course, fascinated. And uh, it is possible, but it mostly works when you actually have tubes going down into your lungs, you know, and breathing kind of for you. Because, like they said, it's harder to your your lungs work harder to push water in and out of it so yeah. it, it kind of yeah it's a catch-22 it only works when there's tubes actually in the test subject uh breathing for you but then they can only do it for a short time because as you can imagine it's highly uncomfortable so so <laughs> not, not pleasant so the only thing i'll say alex is if it's so safe how mm-hmm. can that rat's no longer alive <laughs> oh, you got me there yeah they they also talk, talk about that in the documentary and they the guy was supposed to be on the Tonight Show. They told him to bring the rat. And oh, the rat died. Like, oh yeah, probably died in making that scene. And he's like, no, he died of natural causes. He's a <laughs> fucking rat. He lives like two years. Come on. <laughs> I think just, he should have just brought another rat. They never would have known. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, uh, where are we at now? Oh, number Scott, number five. Number five is something that sounds like you guys didn't like, but I, I like that uh, everything. Or everybody on the the rig, as I keep calling it, uh, they're they're all just normal people. Um, oh yeah, I like that. You know, they're they nobody's like they turn turn out that a couple of them are kind of badass, but uh, for the most part, they're just normal people down there doing a, a tough job. Um, and Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio's character, you know, she's just like an engineer. She's not like super scientist or anything. Um, so I, I did like that. Other than kind of like one of the Navy SEAL guys to explain the, uh, the, li- the what do they call the stuff again? The stuff you breathe in? I don't know. It's super breathing. O- oxygenated water. Yeah. Other, other than like the explanation for that, everything, it's just like normal people dealing with stuff that other people like kind of, like there's no super science really going on there. Um, and yeah, I like that they're, they're turning knobs, they're pulling chains. So th- this is like how people should like B, this is like the opposite of uh, Armageddon. <laughs> um, yes, there's like kind of the one note weird guy or like the conspiracy theory guy. Um, but yeah, there's a bunch of normal people like the the guy that gets knocked out. He's just like some goober. Uh, <laughs> like half the people on that, on that, on the, aren't like that useful <laughs> when stuff starts happening. Um so yeah, and then it's like normal people are dealing with this this situation that's way beyond them, um, and I think that's like one of Cameron's strengths. Um, you know, you see it with the first Terminator, I got about to a lesser degree with Terminator Two, 
mm-hmm. with with Linda Hamilton because she's like, you know, fucking badass by the second movie. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, it's cool that she, she like that character get to go on that journey. But yeah, just cool seeing normal people when you know the '90s is littered with again the the rise of Michael Bay and. <laughs> yeah. Don't wanna close my eyes. Yeah, and still, still quite a few Arnie and some Stallone flicks, as fun as those are. But yeah, normal yeah. people. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Um, the one thing I will add, the one thing that's a line that kills me, and I always hate it in movies where, yeah, there's a team, they work in the underwater rig. There would never be a scene like, what's up ahead? Oh, this here is the bottomless pit, baby. Twelve miles straight down or whatever. It's like, no, everyone knows this. So who are you telling this to? Oh, the audience. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Although, you know what? Now that I think maybe they were telling that to the Navy SEAL guy. I could be wrong about that part. But there's certain lines. I always hate that in movies where there's no way this person would be asking this question because you just fire them immediately. <laughs> Seriously? We're... <laughs> We're building a house, and that's yeah, the wall. Hey, Why are you hey, asking me? Why don't you go back to the surface, <laughs> land dweller? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, another thing, I don't think I saw a single fish. <laughs> yeah, there's no sea life. <laughs> this, Jeff, when you write your letter to Cameron. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're the fish. Yeah. We're the freaking fish, fish yeah. a piece of seaweed, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there should have been, um, yeah, there should have been some coral, like... <laughs> An anemone or two, yeah, yeah. I'm calling bullshit in this movie now, Jeff. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so Alex is number four. Uh, my number four is the the VFX. I, I like that he pushed the technology forward, but yeah, they most of them didn't hold up. Uh, the the compositing with some of the uh, the the. Uh, probe ships i guess the ones that knock out electricity for the aliens uh they're kind of cool looking but yeah they're they're a bit wobbly when they move around and whatnot just like uh, i don't know so yeah i know it was 89 so it was still a technical technological feat to get all this stuff working as well as it did uh but yeah they didn't really age well i wouldn't be mad if they did like a a pass on it Maybe put Jabba the Hutt as one of the probes. I think most of the effects do hold up. I think because the fact that they did real, you know, most of the stuff is real. I thought it Well, worked. I'm not talking about practical effects. That's later on my list. Yeah, but even those, like, the aliens are, you know, they're like puppets underwater yeah, and stuff. Yeah, I, th- I thought Yes, those look cool. Well, then what are I'm you talking, talking about? You know when the, the, the little submarines, like, zip it around a bit? That one looked, yeah, that was very iffy. Okay. Mostly that kind of stuff. Some of the lighting effects were a bit off, but maybe, you know, I might be the only one that noticed stuff like that. Uh, some of the stuff looked cool, but for the most part, it was like, eh, it was, it was so-so, 50-50. One of the effects that I thought was cool was, um, I mean, how they did it, and I guess you'd have to back then, when they're going along the submarine and she's driving the little uh, explorer submarine or whatever and she's out in front and the way they they that they actually didn't do underwater that they did like in a little you know on the sound stage and it was like a smoke filled room to make it look like it and it was a remote control uh thing going by but they put because you could see her in the cockpit because yeah there's no the big clear windows oh, they yeah. actually had a little camera inside there projecting her 
Yeah, yeah. Onto it. It wasn't like green screen and they composited later. It was actually filmed with a video of her projecting out of there. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, that is cool. Yeah. Did they did they like reverse it? Yeah, I don't know about that. Probably, okay. but um, they didn't get into that detail. <laughs> but. Mm-hmm. All but right. Yeah, uh, the water probe was cool. Okay. My number four was basically what Scott's was, is the ensemble cast. Like, you have your Ed Harris. Even Ed Harris is not really a big star. And same with her. I mean, she was in a few movies, but I don't really see anything. Um, Maybe Michael Bean, same thing, not a big star. What you're talking about, man. Yeah, she's in Scarface, Robin Hood, and this. I don't even know what else (laughs) she's in, but... (laughs) Um. I just liked it, and it's basically everything Scott said. They were just like real dudes, and I know from the documentary some of them are there because they were divers, <laughs> and it's just you know it's like casting a hockey player in Miracle. It's easier just to teach a hockey player to act than it is. It's easier to teach a diver to. It's like too easy to so. take a to teach a driller to be an astronaut. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to sing the song, but I forgot the song. The Aerosmith song. Don't want to close my eyes. Don't want to sing a song about my daughter getting banged by a Ben Affleck. Oh, I still got to watch the uh, the Ben Affleck commentary for <laughs> Armageddon. I hear it's gold. Yeah, I, heard, I heard a few bits and pieces of it. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, the ensemble, as uh, Alec or Scott earlier said. Scott, number number four. Number four is just the, the great set pieces. Uh, you know, I, I always kind of think of Ridley Scott first when it, when it comes to this kind of stuff. But uh, James Cameron uh, has some all-timers. Um, you know, just just the uh, the, the submerged... I mean, what, I, what's, they keep calling it the rig, but whatever the... Yeah. The, is... Um, that's a really cool set. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you... Every part... I mean, a lot of it's just the way that it's filmed, I'm sure. Um, but... Are you... They... Did the documentary they talk about like cranking up the AC? Because <laughs> everything everything looks cold. Um, everything yeah. maybe they washed out the film a little bit. I don't know, but uh, yeah, it just feels kind of claustrophobic, and you always feel like you're underwater. Um, so you have all the different compartments of, of the rig. Um, you know the the submersibles, uh, the um, even the you know at the end when when he's inside the alien ship and they have like the waterfall kind of effect. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's all really well done. Uh, you know, uh, and Cameron's got, again, a bunch of these, the, the, the foundry at the end of T2. Um, I, I've never actually seen Avatar, but I'm sure it has some of that stuff in it. <laughs> it does. Mm-hmm. It's all CGI, but yes, yeah, it's yeah. there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just a lot of, uh, like detail went into this stuff. I mm-hmm. agree. That the documentary doesn't talk too much about the like the inside of the sets. It's all about the underwater stuff. Right. And that everything underwater was in a giant cooling a nuclear power cooling nuclear plant cooling tower. So they just filled up as the largest freshwater tank ever or something like that. And they filled it up, built the center there, and everything there was done. They don't talk too much about the stuff inside. So I don't know about the AC being cranked up or anything. All right, uh, Alex, number three. Uh, speaking of being surrounded by water, drowning sucks. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, it was a hell of a thing when Maid Marian drowned. <laughs> that was rough. And then again, even watching Ed Harris like go through the acclimation into the the water suit, mm-hmm. the water breathing suit, that was harsh. It was really tough. It just blows. Not only that, but even when they're going through the submarine and seeing all the floating corpses there, it, it just gave me the heebie-jeebies. Like, ugh, like I hardly ever feel like that. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I like I liked yeah. after she she stopped breathing and Ed Harris said, "Then my God will bring her back." <laughs> yeah. Do do you yield? Yeah, I agree. I have more to say about the drowning stuff later, but yeah, yeah it's it. pretty uh, pretty intense. Yeah. Um, my number three is Michael Bean is acting like a crazy man in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, higher up on my list, but yeah. Jesus, awesome. that guy. I'll let you talk more about it later, but just he is. Hand, he, I don't know if it's chewing scenery or what he's doing in this movie, but he is doing something. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it starts off from the moment you see it. Stutorum Magister. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, Longer. Let's do it. He went from medium bean to full bean. <laughs> yeah, he did go full bean. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> he is just, yeah. Uh, well, if you have it on your higher list, you can talk it, about it. But yeah. It is, it is, it bean, is funny, I, like, you contrast this with him and Aliens. Oh, yeah. He's falling asleep on the, yeah, yeah, and his character, <laughs> on like, the way down. The only time he ever, like, shows, like, any emotions, like, he yells at Hudson once. And then when he gets acid spewed on him, the rest of the time, he's just kind of, eh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like bug eye for the whole movie. Yeah. Somebody wake up, Hicks. Uh, they talk about a lot in this movie that nobody really liked James Cameron on this movie. It's like nobody likes him in period, it seems like, in movies. But this one especially with all the water and everything. But Michael Bean was like, eh, I've worked with him before. He just got to deal with it. And I think that's his secret. It's just like, <laughs> so, it's why he's in all the Cameron yeah, movies. He's like, like, <laughs> to put up the chip. yeah. <laughs> he knows how to deal with it. He's like, hey, I'm getting paid money to be in this movie and swim and scoop and things. Just deal with it, man. I don't know. I was like, yeah, that's why you're in like all of Cameron's movies. All right. Um, Scott, number three. Uh, number three is the, the reveal at the end. Um, so, yeah, there, there's already the, the halfway mark with the, with the, the water mimic. Uh, but when you see that this entire civilization is, is camped out at the bottom of the abyss, the titular abyss, um, and uh, I, I enjoy sci-fi. I enjoyed like you guys said this kind of turned you off, but I enjoyed like that it went like high. All of a sudden, it, it was already kind of like a higher concept, uh, you know, thriller, and then it went high concept sci-fi all of a sudden. Um, and I love the yeah. the image at the end of all those uh, ships getting lifted out of the water just to be dwarfed just to be sitting on one of these uh, ships yeah. coming up from the bottom um, you know again it, it helps with the uh, I think Howard Shore does some yeoman's work here on the, on the score uh, yeah I just I, I love the the whole hardcore sci-fi turn at the end uh, yeah I don't get me wrong I love the sci-fi part I just wish it would have blended better into the movie like I just think it was kind of yeah. awkwardly done that's my problem. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's the other VFX shot that I really hated was when he was the alien was taking him through the city and floating. It was like, oh, geez. That looked a bit harsh. I mean, the scenery was cool, 
and the, the but the experiencing was cool but <laughs> like a total green screen in between you know with the alien and everything yeah uh, took me out of it a bit I was thinking it looked like Jar Jar taking Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon down to Golden <laughs> City. I'm going to say that one looked a little bit better than this. <laughs> it's like the end of uh, what was it, the sixth day. The Jets. I've never seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Just go on somebody's <laughs> list. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. Um, Alex, number two. My number two is Michael B. And his coffee. The... Uh, was a Navy SEAL. It's fantastic. He did a fantastic job. He was such a great villain. Uh, yeah, where to begin? I mean, it, it was cool the way his character just kind of ramps up. You see him kind of get the shakes a little bit. And they call it pressure sickness, but it's really more like cabin fever, like a, a psychological thing. It isn't like he's getting the bends or anything like that wasn't, wasn't, since he got acclimated. Wasn't Cabin Fever a Spike Lee movie? <laughs> yes. But wait, uh, was it? No, so. it was He's Eli Roth. That was it. Was a it was a jungle fever joke. Anyway, <laughs> oh, I see. Anyways, yeah, Michael Bean actually nails it. Uh, it's believable all the way. It's like when he's like sitting there trying to be really calm, but he's really just cutting himself with a knife to try and feel something again. That was fucking freaked me out. The fight that he had with Ed Harris, like in the water and the light swinging back and forth. Oh, so cool. Plus, one of the best death scenes ever. So yeah, damn it. You know what? That's not on my list, and that should be because that's a messed up death scene. I know, it's fucked up, but it was cool. Yeah, <laughs> and it looked awesome. It's like, oh shit, Michael Bean's dead. Crushed. Like, what would your body even look like after that? It wouldn't. It would just be liquid. Oh man. Nah, you'd probably be. Good. Yeah, just compressed. But well, luckily, there's no fishes around to eat your parts. Michael, yeah, you'd be perfectly preserved. Michael Bean sleeps with the fishes. <laughs> His mustache was kind of killing me in this movie too. <laughs> oh no, it was awesome. Good you still had Michael that beret Bean's on at the beginning, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Mm-hmm. All right, um, my number two is just all the real diving they did in this movie and. I know it was a production hell. There's so many problems and almost almost drownings and everything they had to deal with. But I think it pays off. And I, I just love it. You could tell it was real. And mm-hmm. I just really dug it. All that stuff. Th- those hard, the helmets I thought were really cool. You know, obviously you couldn't have all your actors in scuba. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't be talking or anything like that. They wouldn't yeah. be talking. and You wouldn't see the actors' faces. So they had that hard helmets. All that stuff was really cool. Like I said, if if you guys, if someone's any interested in like movie documentaries, watch this just to see all the problems and stuff. But it, but it was all underwater, and like Jim Jim Cameron could talk to everybody, but and they could hear, but no one could talk back. So the way he would communicate stuff is he'd say something, and then like just multiple choice answers, just say different answers until the person would give him a thumbs up or something. Like that's what they're doing, and damn. Um, yeah, they so they filled up the thing. All of a sudden, the plumbing broke, so they lost clarity. They lost temperature. Uh, they had a big tarp so they can film in the daytime, but then the tarp in a big storm and the tarp ripped open, so they had to move to midnights, you know, to night shootings. Uh, just nothing but problems. And um, anyway, just cool. And I, but I think I think it was worth it. So that's my number two, Scott. Okay. 
so my number two, um, speaking of all this diving, is uh, the I like this better than the the chase at the, at the toward the end um, is the swim when they have to go outside that eventually leads to the slapping scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but just the idea of them having to go from pod to pod, uh, and then you know have the actors actually do that. Um, I mean, obviously they weren't swimming the real distance in, in freezing water, but they actually did have to get underwater and swim and shit. And didn't did like Ed Harris almost drown? I think everybody almost drowned in this movie at some point. But yeah, Ed Harris in the liquid breathing, he almost drowned. Okay. Yeah. Drowned? Drowned? There was some scene where like the, the breathing apparatus they had, um, like wasn't working, and they started filming, and they had to like the divers had to come out. And, yeah, because in the liquid scenes, he didn't have any scuba on. So they would just basically fill his mask with regular water. He would do a scene for 15, 20 seconds or whatever. And then there would be a scuba guy off camera. It would come in and give him uh, a breathing apparatus. But that guy got stuck on a wire that he didn't see. And so all of a sudden someone was late getting to him. Then they gave him the thing where they gave it to him upside down. And I guess in scuba terms, that's a bad thing to do or whatever. So yeah, it was cl- he had a close, very close call. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> just would have CGI'd him for the rest of the movie. I mean, uh, Cameron. <laughs> Cameron. <laughs> Cameron, would have, Cameron would have slapped him on the, on the set. <laughs> Wake up, you son of a bitch. Fine. Fine. <laughs> you got to do milk money after yeah, this. Yeah, you got milk money. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, okay. Um... Yeah, no, that, that scene, just them having to go underwater like that, uh, being on the outside of the rig. Um, again, some, some great set and camera work and um, some, you know, just all practical stuff. Uh, that's my number two. Nice. Yeah. All right. Alex, number one. My number one is Chris Elliott again. <laughs> no. <laughs> all the underwater, all the practical effects that they used in this movie are, you could tell. Like like you guys have said, you can tell that it's underwater, it's practical, and it looks amazing. Like, not only uh, Harris, Dragon, Maid Marion underwater and stuff, but yeah, swimming to try and escape, like when the Marines, when Coffee, like locked them into the thing, swimming from pod to pod, that was fucking cool. Coming up over the water, all the stuff inside the submarine, uh, those were like horrifically good looking dummies that they had down there. I mean, they were, right? You saw the documentary. Most of them were, they had to be dummies, right? Uh, they were real people. There were crews that died earlier in the production of the movie. Cameron, Cameron much like... <laughs> Not cool. Cameron, much like Native Americans, lets nothing go to waste. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't really talk about what they were, but yeah, I'm assuming they, they were dummies. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, they looked frighteningly realistic, and everything was very claustrophobic. No, the rig, the rig that they were in, the exper- experimental uh, moving rig, oil rig, was very believable. Uh, yeah, it was amazing, and I think, yeah, like Jeff said, it was worth it. Yeah, and, and maybe I don't know if the actors would say that, but <laughs> we as viewers certainly do. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, James Cameron's had a hard on for the water for between this and Titanic, and yeah. remember, between Titanic and Avatar, all he did was like. Underwater nature, um, yeah, 
uh, documentaries and stuff. Yeah. So I don't know if this started his love with that or if he already had the love to begin with and he used that as an excuse to make a movie out of it. I, I don't know, but he's always been underwater ever since this movie. Yeah. I guarantee there's an underwater planet and then one of the next five Avatar movies that are coming out. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing. Speaking of water, how is water? How was Waterworld more expensive than this movie? Because <laughs> it seems like this movie cost a lot of fucking money. What money? There's no fucking money. Yeah. Because um, they uh, built everything on a set, pretty much? Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that would take... Yeah, that's Waterworld. Right. Waterworld they, they, was built, built this, out in yes, the ocean. Yes, <laughs> And spoiler alert. <laughs> the ocean doesn't sit still. Nope, it sank a lot of the stuff. All right, and when, and yeah, when that the makes set, sense. And when the set was messed up, they said, "By God, we'll build it back." <laughs> By God, we'll build it back. It was too much. Was, Kevin Costner himself was, raged at the storm. Do you? There was too much uh, emotion there, Jay. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Take it down a notch. Um. All right, uh, on to my number one. My number one is the drowning scene with Maid Marian, uh, but just specifically that drowning scene where there two of them are tight in that in that little room and it's just filling up with water. And yeah, yeah. she comes up with the idea, which sounds good at the time to a scientist, you know, someone thinking logically. And she, like a minute later, she's like, "This is a bad idea," and her just gasping, you know, just trying to get the last breath. It just, it's hor- it's horrific. And that's why I say it. it's like so suspenseful that moment, and then later on it's flying with ET and touching the pod and everything. So, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it's that scene is scary. And I think I remember that as a kid from the commercials when it came out. I'm not positive on that, but that scene has always kind of stuck with me. Um, and then she, I think she does a really good job, really good job in that. So that's my number one, Scott. Uh, my number one is. Uh... The descent. Um, so um, that that whole sequence when he's uh, about to get uh, filled with the hyper oxygenated oxygenate yeah Jesus Christ sound like Jeff now the hyper oxygen water mm-hmm. <laughs> there and uh, yeah just them standing around and there's just kind of this like scene of kind of like this awkward dialogue where nobody really knows what to, to say or do. Um, that I, that I thought was really good writing or Ed Harris's character is just kind of cracking jokes about how, Oh, you know, I'm a really terrible typist, you know, just, you know, not, it, it wasn't funny, but it wasn't meant to be funny. You know, just him, you know, just a, a like a nervous reaction for the, for that character. And then just him the whole way down, um, you know, going up against the wall and then the, the lights, uh, and the light changes when he loses his own lights. Um, yeah, it's just very, very tense. Just very cool, uh, considering all it is is just a guy going down a long ways in water. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just a, a great kind of final. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't call it action, but um, just tense part of the movie. Yeah. And one of the scariest parts of that movie for me is, and this is just the phobia I have, is when he passes the crane underwater that falls down earlier in the movie. I don't like seeing big things underwater. It's, it's this weird <laughs> phobia that I have. Like, it's I not don't... weird. Yeah. It's... Ugh. 
I don't like it. Like if you go, if you guys ever been to the Queen Mary and there's this one uh, room where you can go out and you can see one of the propellers underwater. That just freaks me out. And that's like, I don't know, 20 feet deep, if that. But I don't like it. I feel it. like we're, we're kind also, of hardwired for that. It's it's like me and the, um, yeah. like Mario 64, the goddamn eel. <laughs> I still, yeah, I still get like, kind of freaked out thinking about it. Or the first time uh, you land you land in the, the giant, uh, like, plesiosaur or whatever is sitting in the water. Like, mm-hmm. I will shit my pants. <laughs> yeah, like, but I guess I guess with living things, it makes sense. Yeah, if I saw, like, a big whale or shark, it would freak me out. But it's, like, I don't know why, like, the concept of going to the Pearl Harbor Memorial and you can see the, like, the Arizona or something. No, 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 no. Yeah. You, yeah. You won't be able to handle it. That was rough. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've been, no, no. I've been there once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What if they're Jeff? So that scene when he when what, he's what if what if they're that end fish? Well, yeah, the fishes make it even worse. <laughs> but <laughs> the end ETs. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> then I'm just opening up the window and ending it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but when he when he's descending and he goes past that crane and the big ropes and everything, I'm like, oh god, nasty. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that it? Any honorable mentions? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it was meant to look ridiculous, but once Michael B and his coffee and it's like, alright, we gotta do we gotta take control of the situation and they put their Uzis together and it's one lackey <laughs> when Jabber puts his stupid bandana on and he's holding the gun like a kid. It's like, <laughs> Oh, this is this isn't the Marine, this is a guy pretending. Like oh that looks so cheesy. Maybe he he was also demented, so it was meant to look that way. Or maybe it was not like today, where like almost every set can afford like uh, what do, what do you call them? Uh, not a counselor, but a fucking therapist. No, not a therapist. Like an actual like a marine or a soldier. <laughs> it's not the pronunciation uh, what, uh, what that's else? the problem. <laughs> uh, damn it. Like, when they have, like, an actual soldier, a cop, a marine, or something to tell the actors, no, this is how you hold a gun, this is how you... Consultant? Do the- yes, thank you. <laughs> wow, that was a long road to Scott, damn it. Got hydrogen bubbles in my brain from this movie. Yes, they didn't have a consultant. It's like, no, this is not what a Navy SEAL does or how he holds a gun. So, yeah, that guy with the Rambo bandana just made me laugh. Took the tension out of the scene a little bit. I mean, Michael Bean knows how to hold a gun because he does it in every single one of his goddamn movies. Yep. Even his movie, Navy Seals, which I just added to my list. We're doing Navy Seals one of these days. That movie's awesome. Yeah. No, it can't be good. It can't <laughs> hold up. There's no way. Yep. All right. Uh, my honorable mention, which I'm just adding, because, but you already said it, was the his death scene. I've totally... I sh- that should have been on my list, so I'm adding it to my honorable mention. It's awesome. Like a soda can. All right. Well, let's rate it as usual. We rate on a scale of one to seven. Seven being perfection, one being absolute garbage. Uh, Scott, go. For, I mean, Alex, go first. It's your movie. I'm going to give this a solid five. Uh, it was a bit long, but it was still, you know, it, it, everything made sense. I didn't. I didn't realize. To end. I, like when, so. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, me either. But it's like, man, this is because I zoned out a bit at some points and. 
like when I finally saw the, t- the time ticker, it was like, holy shit, it's like two hours and 50 minutes. Uh, the effects, some of the effects didn't age well, but I think all the underwater practical effects made up, more than made up for that. Plus the the CGI water probe that goes into the into the rig. Yeah, solid five. All right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give it a six. Uh, I, I was I was toying with giving it a five. I've always really liked this movie, and I thought this this viewing went a little bit down for me, but I still really enjoyed it. And the fact that and this I did not have to watch it this time. Right, I know enough about this movie. I could have just made a list easy, but I still like the movie enough, which makes me think it is a six for me. It's not perfect, but it's a movie I really like, and I could watch it multiple times, and I have so six for me. Scott, um, you know, I'm still gonna grade it against the the theatrical version, <laughs> um, and and so uh, yeah, I also give it a six. Uh, I feel like there's there's uh, you know a higher level of you know craftsmanship as far as a uh, like a summer popcorn movie here, um, and I you know like I said I enjoyed the sci-fi elements. Um, and yeah, there's there's really not a whole lot like this. And yeah, there's there's like at points it is a disaster movie, and and a thriller. But um, yeah, it's really kind of hard to compare this with with other things, especially with all the practical effects, with, with everybody in the water the whole time. So yeah, six for me. Mm-hmm. All right, cool, nice. All right, what's our crossover list, Alex? Our crossover is our top five director's cuts, since that's what we watched. All right. So what's your number five? I'm going to start off with my number five as the Conan the Barbarian director's cut. And not only because it has some of the best commentary track. Oh, well, the second best commentary track I've ever heard in my entire life for a movie. And some of the best uh, extra deleted scenes of any movie I've ever seen. Uh, but it has a really cool. They added in uh, a couple cool scenes, uh, a monologue that Conan didn't have before. They cut it out because, you know, back then nobody could quote unquote understand Arnold, so they cut out his whole monologue. And I thought that was pretty neat. the The director's cut ending, although it made sense, it didn't follow the same. It didn't have the same emotional like crescendo kind of that that the original theatrical version did. So it, it's kind of lackluster, but it's still overall a solid director's cut. Nice, I agree. That's my number five as well. And um, I've only because when I first saw it, it was 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 that special DVD, the special edition that came with all that stuff you're talking about. So I had only seen that one forever, and then I think on TV I watched it, and there was the I think didn't see the whole thing, but I saw the end, ending, and I think I preferred the special edition ending or the director's yeah. cut ending. Yeah, but... it's, it's a tough call for me. The yeah, yeah. it's because I think it's because I just I that's what I know, so that's the first one I saw, so I probably appreciate I, I like that one more. But you you're right with all the stuff with Arnold talking and um, all that stuff. I yeah, so for me, Conan the Barbarian as well. Scott, we're five. All right, I kind of cheated on this list, but. Whatever. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> Top five TV hosts. Uh, number five, because uh, I, I feel like... Yeah. Number five, because I feel like it benefited the most from Lucas going back in and tweaking shit. And um, and that would be Empire Strikes Back. Um, okay. You know, like, 
I, I don't think anybody minded the, you know, the remastering of the video and the audio and all that stuff. Um, and if, if Empire is the best of the, the original trilogy, then, then that definitely makes it that much better. Um, there's just more stuff going on with... This, this is the original remaster, not not the the CGA. Like, when you went back and doubled down on the CGA. Uh, okay. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's, there's new stuff going on, like, with the Cloud City. Um, and, well, wait, wait. Clarify yourself, Scott, because you're, now you're confusing me. You're talking about the special edition. Is that what it is? Yeah. No. If, if you're talking about, oh, if he's talking about the new stuff in Cloud City, then it's Okay, yes. well, then I'm, now I'm confused. <laughs> either either oh, way, yeah. um, I which which one has the longer Tauntaun scene? Um, special, special okay, Well, then I'm talking about yeah. Special Edition. Ugh. I, I agree with you, Scott. So keep going. Uh, but yeah, the more, the more stuff going in Cloud City, they kind of flesh out uh, the how think how you think how you want stuff to look without you know that it didn't get hurt as much as it did in the other t- two movies. Um, yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, it's it's. I wouldn't say it's the definitive version of of uh, <laughs> of. of of any of the Star Wars movies, but uh, it's it's the best of the retooling. Yep, I I agree, and it'll be on my list later. Yeah. Nah. Alex, what's your number four? My number four is Superman. I remember watching that at your place, Jeff. Okay. Where they added all those scenes of uh, Lex Luthor testing Superman's like different. Powered like he was testing him with the, like the, with the freeze thing and the bullets when he goes through the thing, like I'd never seen that before and those effects like still really look really cool. It's like damn, I've never seen this before. Was that in the movie or just like the deleted scenes? I no, that was now. in the that was in the director's cut. Was it okay? Yeah, I think I I don't remember if I've seen the director's cut for oh, Superman oh. two, but you're right I think because that was in one. Yeah, you're right. And it also has the scene where um, they follow Ned Barry, Mr. Luthor, or well, what's his name in the character, the show, though? Anyway, Ned Beatty's character, they how they Otis. find out where he's, or they're trying to find him, yeah. Otis. Otis. Yeah, that's all. I forgot about all that stuff. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. And when Otis. the guy gets run over by a train. Yeah, exactly. That scene. Yeah. Awesome. The Superman. Did you guys ever see the Superman two? I probably have no, at some point. I want to see that. I want to see that one. I haven't seen that one yet. Look what they did to my boy. They made him <laughs> normal. He could have been somebody. <laughs> they took he his could have been super. Nice. <laughs> All right. Uh, what oh, we're geez. on to my number four. And my number four, even though I don't like this movie, I've seen it a few times trying to like this movie, and I still don't know if the one I like is the director's cut, but it'd be Blade Runner. Um, <laughs> yeah, on my list too. I, I don't know which version. There's, I know there's like so many versions. There's a narration version, director's cut, uh, but yeah, whatever know. the version that was not the theatrical cut was definitely an improvement on the movie. Yeah, agreed. So which one is that, Scott? Which one do you so think, I think it is? I think it's the director, like the Scott. I think it's officially called like the final cut. The one we reviewed was yeah, that okay. one. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's also like an international cut, cut version or whatever. It's pretty crazy. 
Uh, but yeah, I have more to say about it too. Yeah. Okay. So I'll let you guys talk about it. Did you like that movie? Scott. <laughs> number four is, is interesting um, because, again, it's kind of cheating. Um, and that would be Godzilla. So. The Matthew Broderick one? Which one? Yeah. The original. So. Oh. From yeah, so it's, it's really interesting Damn. because, the you know, as everybody knows, the original Japanese movie does not have Raymond Burr in it. Like, it has nothing to do with America. The whole thing is, is a criticism on, um, basically, nuclear holocaust. Um, mm-hmm. But, for whatever reason, somebody over here, or maybe in Japan, this I don't know like how this came about, but they decided, hey, let's get this to Western audiences. They throw it in the whole Raymond Burr stuff, and so they had somebody direct that, um, obviously. Uh, but they, yeah, they pieced together this whole like side story to give it context for for Americans and turn it into more of a traditional monster movie. Um, so yeah, they it, it, the most fascinating thing is just that they completely changed what the movie was about with with, with this. Um, you know, the closest thing was you know what we were just talking about with the abyss, where nope, the aliens are actually here to annihilate. They're not like super friendly. Like <laughs> they turned the whole thing on its head. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Godzilla. Go, go, Godzilla. Go, Jira. All right. Cool. I've never seen the original, so I don't know. I don't know which version I've seen now. I know it's still the black and white. Yeah, well, yeah, it's all black and white. But if you see Raymond Burr in it, then that's not the Japanese yeah. one. I, yeah, I can't remember if I did see Raymond Burr in it or not. So I'll have to watch it again. Raymond Burr. <laughs> All right, Alex, number three. Blade Runner. Out of all the versions, yeah, I remember <laughs> uh, my parents watching the one on VHS with the narration, the theatrical cut, and I was like, I mean, it's got some cool visuals and stuff. Even as a kid, I'm like, no. And then as I got older, I was like, no, there's a director's cut so much better. Okay. And I saw it, and that one was the one that blew my mind. It's like, holy shit, this movie's good. <laughs> I had no idea. Vangelis. So, uh, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Should, you should have trusted your child self, Alex. It's, it's not good. Oh, hey. Edward James <laughs> Olmos. Alright. Uh, my number three is Empire Strikes Back Special Edition. Ugh. Um, It's not the best. I mean, it doesn't really add anything to it. But if I'm going to have one of those special editions, I, I like I think all the special effects they cleaned up. They cleaned up all the footage and everything. They really didn't... I mean, because it's such a good movie, they didn't have to change much. They just put the Wampa in looking better, and like you said, the best been seen. Yeah, but they... Uh, added, they uh, I didn't like that they added more Wampa scenes to it. <laughs> they should have yeah. kept the, the Wampa scene where he grabs the Stormtrooper in the base. No. <laughs> <laughs> that that would have made me mad. <laughs> um, I like that they updated... The other thing they did, they updated the Emperor scene, the hologram with Vader... Um, but that one they've done like three times since then already, and yeah, I don't even know what know. was in the original special edition. So I, they did it because well, the original version mirror was like a monkey. It, it was basically, I think it was the same monkey that was building a Kylo Ren's mask in Rise of the Skywalker <laughs> or whatever. But it was some yeah. weird special effect because they hadn't cast uh, what's his face yet. So even McDermott. It's weird. This one I thought was much better. Uh, it also. It just ties the story better. Like I said, the newer version, I don't know. I I don't even remember what the latest one is. But um, if I have to take a Star Wars one, 
I still, I think I've talked about this. Why doesn't, I guess Lucas doesn't care anymore. So never mind. It's like, why doesn't he special edition the prequels? Do it. He can't. <laughs> Do it. I know. Well, beforehand. Before he sold it, he should have. Yeah, maybe. It its own weight. Instead of putting McClunky. McClunky, yeah. <laughs> Scott, fucking damn it. Yeah. So I think, Scott, what you're getting confused with, there was the THX versions that came out in Those the mid-90s. Awesome. And they just cleaned up. Okay. Uh, they cleaned up the videotape version and the sound and stuff. But then mm-hmm. for the special editions, they redid the whole film, like frame by frame. They did all of that. And then they added all the uh, the new scenes. The yeah. I do agree that, yeah, Bestman does look a lot better with the CG stuff added, cleaned up and, like, adding some more life into the city. Well, mm. what, what, uh, still not What, not what was the last uh, uh, John Williams thing we did? Was that Empire? Okay. Yeah. Well, we just saw Empire. Oh, yeah. The, okay. The, yeah. The, the, the Hollywood Bowl, you mean? Yeah. yeah. And your, your brother almost got kicked yeah. out. <laughs> surprise, this time? surprise. No, he didn't he didn't almost get kicked out, but I saw the oh. Usher's eyeballing him. <laughs> He's kept yelling stuff out. <laughs> Fuck him up, Luke. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That was fun to watch it with the yeah, big no, crowd was like awesome. that. I had a blast. Um Alright, Empire Strikes Back's my number three. So Alex, what's your number three? My number Scott, two is... Or, sorry, Scott. Scott. Uh, my number three is uh, Watchmen. So, I still don't think it make, necessarily makes it a good movie. Um, <laughs> but there's a lot uh-huh. more in there to like. Um, there's a lot more character development. Uh, you know, maybe makes the movie a little more bloated, but... Um, yeah, you, you just get more character development, and it, it feels closer to the graphic novels, I guess. Uh, you know, I'm not like hardcore graphic novel, but I had read it before uh, seeing the movie. Um, you know, it's a shame because there's, there's enough individual scenes in, in the Watchmen to almost make a good movie. <laughs> um, and including some, some borderline great, well, not borderline, but there are a couple of great scenes. It just, the whole thing just some, doesn't hold together. Some great dong animation. Some great dong animation. <laughs> They, I, I heard they consulted James Cameron on that. <laughs> oh, what is Wangle Dangle in this scene? <laughs> what is Wangle Dangle? Um, I've never seen the special edition. And I heard there's like multiple versions of that as well. I feel like everything Zack Snyder does, there's an inevitable like, controversial yeah. uh, like special yeah. or director's cut to go along with it. Yeah. Or not, as the case may be. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. All right. Uh, Alex, number two. My number two is T2. Uh, What's in this special edition? Uh, Some of the added scenes, some of the the stuff they explain, uh, the T-1000, like, losing his shit a little bit. Uh, They put in some... yeah, they they put in some of the stuff where he like grabbed uh, a handrail or something, and part of his arm kind of yeah. turned the same colors as the handrail, and he got stuck a little bit. So you get a little bit more that he is uh, malfunctioning after he got melted, you know, frozen and melted, which is pretty cool. And not only that, but it didn't add much to the movie, I would say. But I really like 
all the work that went into the mirror scene with Linda Hamilton's <laughs> twin sister in the mirror, uh, doing the thing with and the uh, the T eight hundred taking out the CPU and almost crushing it. I thought that was a neat little scene. Do you guys remember when I told you guys? I don't know if it was you guys, but I know it was definitely Eric when we all worked together. That that was her twin sister, and I got so much crap. Yeah, she had a twin sister, Jeff, and that's how they did it. <laughs> so much crap. <laughs> Seriously, forever. And then, like one day, I got a phone call or an email or something. He's like, "I just saw the behind the scenes, and uh, I saw her twin sister." I, 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 I can't believe Eric was was giving you shit about something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, I do. God. You know what? I do remember God, this. Is it cool? Yeah. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. It took so much crap. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Twin sister. Little helmet just yeah, happens yeah, out of twin like, sister. Cameron was like, oh, I need to cast somebody with a twin. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, and then he married one of them. <laughs> which one? <laughs> he doesn't know which one. He does like to marry his actresses. Although, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't producers. Know if, I don't know if Susie Amos was married to him before or after Titanic. Anyway. Anyways. Yeah, but the Gail Ann Hurd was his producer like on this movie, on The Abyss and Terminator, and then what's her face? Bigelow, too. Deuce Bigelow? <laughs> he married Rob Schneider? <laughs> yes. he's, uh, he's married to his work. <laughs> Rob Schneider is James Cameron's wife. <laughs> All right, well, my number two, and you, you mentioned um, Zack Snyder, and mine is, I don't even forgot the the right phrasing here batman v superman or superman v batman, batman superman. <laughs> it doesn't matter i know but matter. i think the special edition director's cut is so much better the movie still has problems believe me and i i'm not but as far as i can actually watch that movie and not want to hate everything about life um and so i really like it for that reason uh, i just it adds more the whole subplot of framing superman is like so obscure in the theatrical cut and they the Director's cut makes that a lot better. Um, I mean, it still doesn't cut out Martha. Um, <laughs> but he yeah. lives, it leaves a lip, the weird lip. <laughs> yeah. By the way, did I tell you I saw the new Kevin Smith reboot yeah. movie? And Ben Affleck has a cameo in it. Spoiler alert! And there is a Martha joke <laughs> that he he does. It's pretty good. He like looks at the camera. He does something about Martha, and I was dying. <laughs> But anyway, uh, I think it's a it's a big improvement on the original. Still not the best movie, but it's a big improvement. Yeah. It's one of those movies I really want to like. I think that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. is there a, yeah. You know, I just keep so I just like I go and I make myself yeah, like it, and that, that yeah, that's, is one of those movies. Yeah, you pretty much described me in Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, I can't do it with Justice League. I try that one. I can't. Ooh, but yeah, you tr- you try to force yourself and. Um, all right, that's my number two. So Scott, number two. Number two is pretty much all the Lord of the Rings movies. Ah, that's my number one. My number one. Uh, maybe when we get through with the. Well, well, let's ask if you had to pick one of the three. Return of the King. I don't remember the differences yeah. anymore. And what's <laughs> um, Probably Two Towers, just because I think Two Towers is my favorite of the three movies in general. But I don't remember the differences, so I have a hard time. Yeah. No, the first one. The first one. You know why? In the theatrical cut, they make 
you don't see the corruption of Boromir as much as you do in the extended version. Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, the, you're right. Good point. In the theatrical version, Boromir is just kind of a dick right from the get-go. You don't see him bonding with the other hobbits and all this other stuff. And that one, he just... They, they set out and he just rode his boat with a mean look on his face. And then it's just like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> So I think maybe Fellowship would be the one. But like I said, it's, I haven't watched the theatrical versions since I got the... Since they came out on DVD with the special edition. But in Return of the King, they added like 17 inches to that sword <laughs> in the director's cut. Oh. I thought you were going to say 17 new uh, extra endings to the movie as well. Oh, that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I'll change my answer. Yeah. Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> All right. I mean, I'm sure there's other things they good. did in the more Gollum yeah, stuff, more the... Faramir stuff, uh, maybe I... in... Yeah, it's, it's tough because yeah, uh, I do, I do like the character stuff more probably, but the third return explains a few things that they kind of just leave out. So probably go with return. Okay. Like like Gandalf's yes, staff I... getting busted. Oh yeah, the whole confrontation the with the, the, him is not even no, on that, that right? The, oh. the whole thing at the Black Gate with yeah. the Mithril shirt. Oh, the voice yeah. of Sauron? Oh, yeah. Bruce Spence. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Spared no Bruce yeah. Spence. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. But yeah, the, I mean, if we're talking about now, yeah, the whole thing about those movies, are so, those books are so dense, and those movies, as long as they were in the theater, over yeah, two and a half hours, I, I think, if I remember correctly, yeah. um, mm-hmm. this, the special editions just, yeah, it just, it just, if you love the movies... The theatrical cut's perfect for your average, you know, your average viewer goes watch. They get the whole point of the stuff. But if you're a big fan and you just you want to get you want to just be immersed in Middle Earth, they could be even longer if you ask me. Um, I would like mm-hmm. to see them do the opposite. I think with The Hobbit, compress those three movies into a nice, <laughs> just one movie, a nice healthy two and a half, three hour movie. Yeah, I would love that. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Those eagles, even in the book, they really, <laughs> they're just the MacGuffin that keeps on saving. <laughs> That's going to be uh, Scott's, yeah, Scott's bar is going to be called the, no, I mean, that doesn't make sense. Scott, you got to have something that's called the eagles are coming. <laughs> somehow make sure that. Not a porn site. you got to make sure it has nothing right? to do with the Philadelphia Eagles. That's mm-hmm. true. All right, uh, well, that's Lord of the Rings. Now we're on to Alex's number one, which is Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anything else to add? Nope. All right, number two. Number one for me, also Lord of the Rings. So, Scott, yeah, what's your number one? Uh, just, yeah, again, the, the final cut's the best one. Um, I mean, there's, I think all of them but the theatrical remove the Harrison Ford narration, <laughs> which right away, like, makes yeah. it so much better. Um but just the, the yeah. way that the movie ends, where it's still kind of ambiguous. Um, yeah, just a lot tighter. Um, you, I don't know, it just, it just feels a lot better. Uh, it, it's definitely, like, they definitely fucked it up for the theatrical release. So, the yeah, the, the other cuts, at least the final cut, definitely fixes that. So that's my number one. Mm-hmm. And not not for nothing. Just uh, I have, I have the 
UHD Blu-ray of this, and I don't, I don't know what they do to these older movies, but they look fucking amazing. Like, or something that wasn't filmed anywhere close to, like, probably not even widescreen. Like, I, I, it's it's nuts. Yeah. Well, film is still pretty high resolution. So yeah, but, but, I, but I mean, like, just how sharp the images are. Like... I know that's what I'm saying. This film stock could yeah, have held I, that I resolution so. even back yeah. then. I, I, I don't know. I don't know about it. It's, it's just it's, still it's just, just something from the '80s <laughs> that that looks mm-hmm. like eye popping now still in in the, the UHD. I, I I haven't watched any of the Star Wars movies on Disney Plus yet, but I've watched a couple scenes. And those are in UHD on there. I don't even have a UHD TV, but I could just tell it's or whatever they've done. It's Chris because I've already saw a couple things I've never seen, and like some I was like so. But it's a Star Wars movie, so they could have added it after the fact. Now, never mind. Take it back. It probably isn't any better. Um, all right, uh, my honorable mention was Aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a pretty good so, director. So that one's that one's weird Not because bad. I, I, I like that you get to see all the stuff if you've seen the original already. But it's just cool that they just show up on the planet and the audience has no idea what's happening to these people. Exactly. And that's why I didn't make my top five because it's there are issues with it that I... I it's a love-hate relationship. I, I do kind of like that you, you see more of like Ripley's situation. But, uh-huh. but again, I think it's still the strong show-don't-tell where she like... Like her, like her as a mother... Is what's kicking in. Yeah. Anyway, I just saw on Reddit the other day. I never knew this. The picture of old Ripley or Ripley's daughter, but older, is actually a picture of uh, Sigourney Weaver's mom. Oh. oh, that's cool. Yeah, just just found out like yesterday or today. It popped up on Reddit. Oh, sure, Jeff. He's gonna hire an actress. That just <laughs> happens to have a mom. <laughs> That's good. All right. Anything else? Uh, yeah. Legend is my honorable mention for director's cut. The legend. I the loved that legend. movie ever since I was a kid. And then when I saw the special edition uh, that had a bit of a director's cut, but also the biggest part of that one is that it was uh, uh, the international version that also had an orchestral score, not the not the synth music done by Tangerine Dream. <laughs> And it changes the movie dramatically. It is so good. I don't know, Alex. <laughs> Have you listened I, to the I, movie? I, Have I, you I, seen the movie I with the score? Remember, probably not. I just, I just know that I, I've seen our list, and if that was on somebody's list, that would, that might be the last one that he picked. L E G E N D. Boom. Mm-hmm. Ridley Scott. Legend, legend, well, that's, what, that's what I was going to say. We have our movies. There's like four directors. We have Ridley Scott movies, James Cameron movies, <laughs> uh, Zack Snyder movies, and what is that? Pretty much. I guess. And George Lucas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's time for Alex Knows Sports. I'm Alex, and sports I like sports. Ball? Well, congratulations, Florida. <laughs> Thank you very much. For deeming the WWE an essential business, and they're going to go back to wrestling soon. 
Okay. Huh? What? Like, with, like, they can't have people in the crowds. Nope, they can't, but they're, uh, yeah, I guess they're gonna, they're just gonna have wrestlers out there doing their thing. I mean, it's, it's kind of already I mean, been it's, doing it's this. It's non contact, so it should be safe. <laughs> I mean, they did WrestleMania already with no crowd. Right. And I think Raw is still going. I'm not sure, but I think some of these events have already been going on. So I don't know why it's Florida. This is Florida. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, just the fact that it was deemed an essential an essential service yeah. in Florida. Like, okay, Slight, slightly related. I heard like Dana White was going to fly, try to fly a bunch of people out to a deserted island for UFC matches. Yeah, yeah. the coronavirus so, yeah, can't reach you. Somebody finally got into his ear to tell him how stupid that was. <laughs> So they... But it would be like a real-life Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, Bloodsport. Or, I mean, if, yeah, I mean, or Enter the Dragon, or I mean, what any of them. If they're all going to go there and fight and leave, then yeah, that's 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 lame. But if they're actually just going to like drop people in and just leave them, yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a movie, speaking of wrestling, uh, that was a movie with uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. I forget what it was called. Uh, I don't know. No hordes. No holds yeah. barred. Two. Oh, that's the one I keep forgetting yeah. to put on my list. There uh, it is. No, you didn't. Nope. Don't add it. Don't. Nope. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's time for Neem News. Yeah. 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 Okay. So uh, just a few bits here. Um. So start off with the video games. Uh, the Final Ooh. Fantasy VII remake, the long, long, long-awaited Final Fantasy VII remake, was released at the end of last week, as of the as of the recording of this podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I don't, I don't, I'm dumb. <laughs> I think it's the easiest way to put it. So I was like, yeah, I'll buy it again for the fourth or fifth time. Uh, so yeah, I picked it up. Uh, I've only got to play. Like the first chapter, it's broken up into chapters, um, and it's it's interesting. Uh, I don't know that I actually enjoyed myself or not yet. I think I need to play put some more time <laughs> into. It. I mean, it's got enough going on that I want to come back to it. Um, I, I will say it is impressive. They definitely put a lot of thought. Uh, they put a lot of detail into this. Uh, whether it turns out to be a good game by the end of it I, I I don't know I have to see um, but yeah they, they they did some cool stuff um, uh, with well yeah spoilers so you know for those that played the original game mm-hmm. the very first thing you do is set up the bomb in the uh, reactor plant the Mako reactor <gasps> and then you go about your business and this you, you do all that and then like the it turns out like, well, I won't spoil anything, but the explosion goes off and it fucks up that entire part of the city. So you have to spend like the first part of the next chapter, like picking your way through the city that's on fire and stuff is coll- buildings are collapsing. And uh, these are just like normal people. These aren't Shinra employees or anything like that. So they really like drive home the point that, yeah, what you did is kind of a shitty thing. Right? <laughs> 
Mm. You know, you're going up to Shinra the whole time. Um, they, like, there's points where you tell them, like, how horrible they are for, for doing what they're doing. Um, and they're like, well, yeah, well, we didn't set up a bomb in the middle of the city. <laughs> you know, so it, it's interesting. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Um, hmm. So there's that. And then uh, we got the trifecta here tonight. Uh, so moving on from video games, moving on to music. Uh, so good old Ticketmaster. <laughs> so they had a policy yep. that you could refund um canceled postponed or something else i think it was shows and they've quietly updated their policy now to just canceled shows which is super shitty because technically everything is postponed so they're yeah. going to keep all that money and yeah it's it just it's super shady um I realize Ticketmaster wants to stay in business, which is going to be tough when there's no shows. Uh, but at the same time, like you're basically selling a product that doesn't exist. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it just forever Ticketmasters <laughs> just find new ways. Yeah, they're pretty yeah. bad. Always yep. So there's that, and then uh, you know. Was... But like, to, just to go. So some people may say like, "Well, yeah, it's not their fault." But whatever. Like, I booked because I had time to go watch this concert in July, but now I can't because it's going to be postponed till December, and I have a job. Like, it's just, uh, yeah, it's it's shitty business. But can they change it? So is it? Is this for new? If I was to go buy tickets for a concert, that, in, that I don't know. I don't know how I don't if, know. It, if it applies retroactively. I, I imagine I imagine yeah, they can't do that because you, you basically right. agreed to a service that they're selling. Yeah, yeah. But still, uh, people are all over. Some people are being good about it, and some aren't. Like I've had a few Airbnb air. Well, one was an Airbnb. They're not giving us a deposit back. We have to like uh, just get credit for later. We had a big hockey tournament going on, and we're getting screwed on that. And then. Uh, we were going to go see a band in, on Catalina Island, and then, oh, the boats, well, the canceled, the tournament, the show got canceled, and the boats won't go there, and they still wouldn't give us her money back until we had, like, the raise hell. But what the fuck Jesus. are we supposed to do? That's insane. <laughs> how, I can't take a boat there. How they not security deposit back when you can't, when, like, they can't, they're not allowed to, like, open it up to you? Well, they just, they just want to give you credit and so that eventually you go use it, and it's like, No. Because this works for us this time frame. We were, you know, we're doing it with groups of people, and that's when everyone had the time off. And for that one, we got our money back. But we had the, the person who did it for us had the fight for it. And yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy times. Um, mm-hmm. And finally, on a lighter note. Uh, so you know, I come through for movie news, and it's on Screen Rant, and like the very first thing was about Fantastic Four. Um, it's not really anything new that people, the internet wants, at least a good chunk of the internet wants John Krasinski to be (laughs) Mr. Fantastic. Uh, (laughs) but it got me thinking like, you know, eventually Disney's going to want to do something with that, especially now that they're bleeding money. Like I heard something today, like they're losing like just 
a ludicrous amount of money every day, like $30 million or something like that. Mm-hmm. Where basically, you know, the parks are closed, the cruises are done, all the, all the, like, the hotel hospitality stuff that they, they own and run. Um, you know, so yeah, they're just hemorrhaging money. You know, not that I feel bad for them. I feel bad for the people that don't have a job. So don't get me, don't get me completely wrong. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, so eventually they, they might be coming back around to like, Hey, remember when you said Fantastic Four would come out? Like when it comes out, like maybe speed that up. Um, so I, I just started thinking about, mm-hmm. you know, who, who would they cast for this? Um, not, not so much specific actors, but like how they would go about it, how Kevin Feige would go about it. I mean, what the best part about Marvel is they took these actors, uh, I guess other than like, like a Robert Downey Jr., maybe like a Sam Jackson, they, they weren't A-listers before they started doing the Marvel stuff. I mean, I guess, I guess maybe Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, Scott Scott Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, or the like biggest that. of them all, and Mark <laughs> right. Ruffalo. But um, you know, so do you, do you kind of start over on that again? Um, I would. Yeah. Or do, or do you go for like big names that are there already? Uh, yeah, I, I think that makes sense. Um, but at the same time, you know, if you keep sticking to the same formula, is it always going to work? Uh, not that I not that I want to see massive named actors in these roles. Uh, yeah, it'd be cool to see somebody that could grow into them, as as the other people did. Uh, yeah, because that is a weird balance. You wouldn't. I mean, a, a big name you're going to have to pay him a lot of money to be in these movies. But Disney's you know is going to want to save money, so maybe pick a good actor that's yeah not gotta, that well known. F- yeah, yeah, and, and also because you know in in a way, well not in a way. Uh, like Fantastic Four is is going to be its own thing, I and mean, they can obviously have all the crossover stuff, and they probably will. But um, if you know if you're going to set up your own big thing for for that, uh, then you got to start off with the right people. You know, you got to start off with the right director. I mean, I mean at this point, you know, Feige's still the right producer. But you know, d- does the whole Marvel thing get kicked off? You don't have Jam John Favreau do the first Iron Man movie, like that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, it, it won't sink. What they have going on with the the MCU or anything like that, if, if it turns out to be a bomb, but um, you know, do do you go outside the box, um, like with like a Russo brothers type of deal? Uh, you know, I, I'm just I'm interested more in how they're going to make it <laughs> the process than I am probably actually seeing a Fantastic Four movie. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, just just something that I that I thought was interesting. Uh, I hope they go with somewhat no names. A, as much as I love John Krasinski, I don't want to say no, no, Jim too from The Office. Be, well, that's the other thing, though. If you're going to blend it with the old cast who still who survived, those guys are all getting older, too. It's, it's a weird thing. It's, and with the X-Men, too. Like, I'd like them to see it, the X-Men and Fantastic Four be totally recast and... Mm-hmm. I mean, somewhat think... no name stars. I got like a Chris Evans. Like I think that's a perfect example of a guy who was in movies. He was actually in other superhero movies, but he was known. You know, he wasn't a household name. And I think right, that's. Right. I, you, you, I, I think you bring up a good point with the the X Men movies because I think other than like Hugh Jackman, who already you know they they already took that to its conclusion with, with him doing Wolverine. Um, other than than McAvoy and Fassbender. 
the, the rest of that cast is completely replaceable. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't see mm-hmm. it being that... Like, other than those two guys, um, I, I don't see it being that hard of, of starting over on the X-Men. Yeah, I just... I know they had this whole thing with Sophie Turner playing. I just... That, I never saw it. I don't want to see it. Just, just yeah, let's give a new Jean Grey, a new Scott. Let's do this. You can keep Bet Fastbender and uh, McAvoy if you want, but I'd probably just start fresh with them too and get what's your face out. I like her, but oh, uh, Jayla, uh, the blue chick. Yeah, yeah. Get her that Negasonic. Super <laughs> yeah, Negasonic yeah. Yeah. That was cool. I would keep yeah. the whole death. Yeah. death I hope. Stuff. I, I, I. Yeah. If they do, if if they if uh, Disney ever does another X Men movie, they better fucking have Ron Reynolds as a cameo. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, yep. that's that's all I kind of wanted to talk about. Uh, Alex, anything you wanted to go over? Uh, nope. Okay. Uh, Jeff. Uh, not much. I. have played a couple video games i played destiny i played roller coaster pl- no pl- coaster oh, planet yeah, yeah, yeah. No, i'm just mm. old games i've had on steam that I've, I've been playing uh just a little bit a little bit and uh they had the arc of night games all <laughs> on steam for like eight bucks so i got all those and it's like my you know you like buying multiple mm. versions of final fantasy this is like my <laughs> third version i think of probably looks pretty sharp on city uh, pc yeah yeah, that's pretty good. And uh, I'm finally catching up with Better Call Saul. That new season started a while. I think their episode nine already aired, uh, I think tonight. So only one episode left. I'm like four in. So really enjoying that. Um, if you're a big Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad fan, like I mentioned before, watch Better Call Saul. I think I said there was some Star Wars news I heard, but I already forgot it. Did we talk about the rumor of... Uh, that oh god, what's the who's the night nurse from the Daredevil oh Rosario Ros- Dawson Clerks two yeah being mm-hmm. rumored to be cast as Ahsoka Tana in the oh yeah that'd be good guess yeah, who Ahsoka Tana that's uh Anakin's oh, Padawan she's uh, like yeah, the I think I, if you watch yeah, the I cartoons think, think and everything that, she's Jeff. Um, okay. So, as I'm slowly grinding through some of these Clone War episodes, she's, I can see why people are excited about this because she is a pretty big character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, yeah, that's interesting. I like the actress and the character. I'm still starting to learn. Like I heard that she gets better in the <laughs> later seasons. I hope because she's very kitty. The whole damn story about <laughs> Clone War. No, no, it gets better. Like when? You only you only what? you only Not have to watch enough. the first thirty seven episodes, but then I swear, yeah, yeah, it gets awesome. Yeah, yeah I I recorded a for the Patreon. I recorded a a Clone Wars, and it was like seven minutes long. The episode I recorded, I was like, I didn't even post it. It was no. like, uh, yeah, yeah, I saw it. There was Boba Fett, it's, and it's uh, fine. yeah, post it. You should. I didn't even post it though. I was just like, no, no. Um, all right, all right. That's all my news. All right, yeah, that sounds like it's all right. With that, let's speak. Wait, speaking of Patreon, get over there, everybody. Patreon.com/slash Hans Shot First. We appreciate it. We have uh, for low as a dollar, 
you can get all our content. But also, as low as free <laughs> for right now, while COVID nineteen is as ravaging the world, <laughs> it is mm-hmm. free. So get over there, go su- subscribe, and do all that stuff. We would appreciate it, and uh, I think you'd appreciate it. Alex is doing some good stuff there with quotes from Springfield. Yeah, thank you. And uh, yeah, that's it. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast. get this yawn out of the way what's a yawn doing in your room Ooh.